coming up this week off screen. Judy Dench gets shade from Red Joan. Cloverette tangles with Greta. Andrew Scott enters Steel Country. Silvio Berlusconi faces Lauro. And Mel Gibson gets dragged across concrete. All those to come and more off screen. This is. This is off screen. Off screen. Latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the Movie Marker Radio Show and Podcast. Welcome to Offscreen. I'm Van Connor. And I am Case Allen. So, Mr. Allen, welcome oh, back. Yeah. Uh, some, Good to some, be back. some fun this week. Yeah. I wasn't here last week. What was I doing? I was I was doing a thing. I forgot what it was. I, th- I think there was there was a work commitment. I think we couldn't get our schedules to We just line didn't up. align. And no. It was Sometimes all Hellboy's fault. That's what it was. Yeah. That damn the, Hellboy. The Blood Queen or whatever. She's, is, is that... Is <laughs> That's that what the villain is, yeah. The I think they queen. do refer to her by her actual name, though, for most of it. Which is... I forget. Like... You forget a lot Alice about that movie. Or Something like, like that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, How weird! I went to Alice for Mila Jovovich. Very <laughs> yeah, odd. No, yeah. So weird. <laughs> but I think it might actually be that's the. St- oh no, it's all a lie. The psychic character that Sasha Lane plays, she's named Alice. <gasps> oh, yeah, weird. yeah. So that's why psychics. Anyway, Crazy. so uh, usual fun to come this week. Uh, it's a little bit. I did think this week was going to be something of a dumping ground because we've got a big film coming out next week. Yeah, yeah. It turns out yeah. the dumping ground is more or less entirely everything around the big film next week. So <laughs> yeah. you're going to see some strange ones, including there's one in there that's supposed to be very good. I don't know why it's being dumped. There, but... But here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Anyway, so it turns out, well, this week we've got a couple that I do think are up to snuff. Two. In fact, one that I think is excellent. I... Good fun. Okay. okay. So I, f- I feel like I know what that's going to be before you even talk about it, okay. but I, I will wait. You, well, you've seen my social feeds, so you, you, you probably have a vague idea, because I've harped on about it enough in the last that's, that's <laughs> week. Um, in the meanwhile, though, before we get to the reviews of those films, before we get to Box Office Top 5 and all the film news, we need a good... Solid piece of film news to start the ball rolling. What have you got? There was a big thing in Chicago. Do you know about that city? That's that's, city. That's Obama's city. home. Obama's, yeah. Okay. Four more years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, um, we're like fans of a certain popular space-based franchise that's not Star Trek or Battlestar Galactica. <gasps> the other big one. I love that you say that. Battlestar Galactica was literally an attempt to rip off Star Wars. <laughs> <I know. laughs> like, they never even made a secret of that. Ooh, Absolutely. Speaking yeah. of things we're not making a secret of in the entertainment world, there's a belter one we're going to talk about later involving Disney. Um, oh, yeah. Oh. In, in the meanwhile, though, so Star Star Wars, Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to right. this Disney or we'll get to that Disney yeah, yeah. yeah, Yeah, we had Star Wars Celebration Day yeah. or event or whatever it is. And that's become an event in recent years, hasn't yeah. it? It's become its own branded Comic-Con. It's the Star Wars Star Comic-Con. Wars Comic-Con, yeah, because they, they don't go to Comic-Con to release things, they just have their own thing. Because they have their own well, giant they, brand, why not? They're, they're pretty pretty, pretty decent in stature, I would say. I would say so, yeah. And so they're, they're getting there. What did they unveil for us this year, Mr. They Elf? unveiled the title and teaser trailer for Episode 9. Which is now officially entitled what, exactly? Uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Now, that intrigues me. You asked me what I thought of it when I arrived earlier. Yeah. My response was, it, it sounds like a Timothy Zahn novel that he used to find <laughs> yeah. in, in, in that, that pokey branch of W.H. Smith when you were at an airport on, on the last minute before the game. Yeah. yeah, when we had to wait like what 
15 years between Star Wars films. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Back in like 94, when <laughs> there was no mention that we were ever going to get a prequel yeah, cool trilogy. Back in those dark days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How old were you in 1994? 11. I was I was a boy of five. You're a boy of five. Yeah, yeah I remember. <laughs> I just watched Lion King. Times were great. Wouldn't believe what Nerdum was like in 1994. <laughs> oh, we only had Forbidden Planet in Sheffield. Only. Oh god, that, that was it, and it was exactly where well, where it is now. So that Forbidden Planet. This is a tangent. That Forbidden Planet has been there since the early nineties. Oh yeah, that is. Oh, I mean, that, 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 that I know. Though, I'm but... sure it probably goes back further. We'll ask Colin Yates. I'm sure he could tell us it goes back to 1986 or something. But, yeah, yeah. Preeminent Forbidden Planet historian, Colin Yates. Yep. Yeah. But, but he is he is our, our resident comic historian, as it were, isn't he? So anyway, yeah. so uh, uh, yeah, Rise of Skywalker. What what does that mean? Yeah. Who knows? We, we we both subscribe to that theory. I think though that it refers to uh, we think that next generation, the next generation of Jedi's will not be known as Jedi's. Will be known as Skywalkers. So like Daywalkers. Skywalkers. Yeah. Ah. Which is cool. And if that is what it is, awesome. And that little boy with the broom in the stable at the end of last year grows up to become Jake Lloyd, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Who grew up to have a criminal record for drink driving. (laughs) Him and Haley Joel Osment both. That is so weird. Hill Johnson has uh, tied it up, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so weird that uh, specific late nineties child actors. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so uh, that's December nineteenth this year, I believe, is the is the date. Yeah, and in some uh, tangential news, um, they said we're going to have a bit of a break from the Star Wars films mm. uh, to kind of plot what we're going to be doing next, um, because you know Solo happened, so yep. they now know to take a bit of time. <laughs> and also, yeah. it's not like the brand's going away now because Disney Plus will no. be here before Rise of Skywalker is here. Yeah, um, and with it comes The Mandalorian, yeah, which um, sounds awesome. Also, one thing I'm very much looking forward to when that Disney streaming platform arrives, I believe we will finally have found a home once and for all for the long-lost, 100-episode-long animated comedy series, Star Wars Detours, created by Seth Green and the other dude from Robot Chicken. <laughs> there is actually a trailer. Knows his name. There's a, a sizzle reel for it on mm. YouTube, and it's brilliant. And they they made it with Lucasfilm and with yeah. under, under George Lucas's tenure, and it just never got released. It got put on a shelf, never to see the light of day. Also, I believe they are having a final series of Clone Wars that's exclusive oh, yes. to Disney that. Plus, isn't it? Yeah. So there's there's so much yeah. that's going on there. Um, one last thing about Disney Plus as well, this is not Star Wars related. No. Have you heard about uh, the world according to Jeff Goldblum? I have heard of the world according to Jeff Goldblum. I thought of you immediately. <laughs> Take us through this. What is this? Really well, quick? I, I don't know that much about it apart from like the general premise, which is just him just going around the world, just exploring natural wonders and stuff. That and, is exactly and, it. And being and being Jeff. Yeah, that that is exactly it. I believe Calvin in his article on it said will immediately become the most memeable TV show ever created. Yeah, uh, which is absolutely true. I can't wait. I will watch. The it's going to be him that. going up to like a Tibetan monk and being like, yeah. <laughs> 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 Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which I will, I will watch on a loop. <laughs> comes to a long, comes to a long broken jungle canyon rope bridge and says to himself, uh, "Life finds a way." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it's going to be. Um, a filmic review. Go on. If you filmic please. review. Okay, yeah. so let's talk really quickly then about. I say really quickly. We've got the perfect amount of time for this. I don't know why. I just instinct oh. to saying, "Let's talk really quickly." Let's about. Have a cup of tea. Let's have a rest. Have I ever talked about anything really quickly? I don't think it's ever happened. Um. Yes, 
sometimes. Oh. Like, if, if we don't have a lot of time to get through a thing, <laughs> we'll just be like, this film, she's in it, she's really good. Next one. Right, so, uh, Red Joe, new movie from uh, Trevor Nunn, is the story of Joan Stanley, played uh, by uh, uh, Judy Dench. And uh, the story, is, we get told, is based on a true story. And I know this because okay. I saw this in a screening filled with much older people, and the minute it appeared based on a true story at the beginning of the film, every single one of them in unison said, oh, it's based on a true story. So, just to give you a vague idea. They'd be all like harmonised. They kind of did. They kind of yeah. did. Right, so she is exposed, she is arrested, questioned, and, uh, well, early on exposed, and it's basically a case of explaining how, um, as being the KGB's longest-serving spy in Britain. Okay. So Judy Dench is her in relatively the present day. I think it's meant to be the early 2000s, meant to be about 2004, 2005. Um, she's got uh, Ben, is it Ben Miles from uh, from Coupling? I cannot remember for the life of me. Yeah, and he's Ben Miles, in, Patrick yeah, from he's, he's in the Crown as well. Yes. Yep. Ben Miles is her son, who's also a solicitor. He is helping her out in this interrogation, in which we are shown in flashback form when she is played by Sophie Cookson how she went to Cambridge, became a pioneer, well, became sort of a, a trailblazing woman in the, uh, the, the 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 physics community, mm-hmm. and she was co-opted to basically assist in war efforts. War efforts during which she would start to filter nuclear secrets out to the Russians. Here's a clip. You've no idea what it was like. War after war after war, all the dead, the grieving, the heartbreak. We were saturated with it. I would have done anything to stop that happening again. It wasn't about communism or fascism. They were using you and you still don't see it. Who was using who? All right, I was a shadow in a man's world, invisible, but in the end, powerful. Betraying your own country. God, I'm ashamed of you. I loved my country. All right, I was frightened out of my wits most of the time, but I knew I had to do it. I knew I had to carry on. Why can't you understand? Use your heart for once, Nick, instead of your head. So Judy Dench, Ben Miles there. Now, literally the last line of dialogue in that clip is systemic of a problem. It, 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 it sort of exemplifies a systemic problem at the core of Red Joe. Uh, she says they use your heart instead of your head. And it, it's things like that that do suggest that there was at some stage some mm. quite clearly meant to be more depth and texture to this. Uh, that remark doesn't seem to really typify, typify anything about that character. Uh, there's maybe a moment later in the film, like a single moment that happens to all characters in these things, that you think, okay, I knew that was going to happen anyway. Hang on, is that what that weird line of dialogue was meant to be about? Mm. In which case, poor writing, you phone that in, do better next time. Um, it, it's a film of two halves, and this is something I get to say twice this week. It is a film of two halves in that you've got the stuff that's set in the present day with Judy Dench, you've got the stuff that's set in the period setting, goes from about like 1940 through to about like, you know, 1948, say. Okay. Um, and uh, what well, specifically actually to 1945 or 46 and um, that's the Sophie Cookson portion and the problem is the film can't seem to decide which of those two it wants to prioritise so it keeps mm. shifting the focus to such a degree that it doesn't have an anchoring point when you have these kind of cutaway stories one of them needs to be the anchor you know I mean there's a similar thing with a Helen Mirren film a few years was ago was that the debt do you know what? Similar thing with two Helen Mirren films. Oh, like that is so bizarre. You mean the thing you want the painting the, one? Uh, the 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 oh, the the Ryan Reynolds woman yes. in gold. Woman in gold. Woman Thank gold. you. Yeah, yeah definitely. exactly the same problem here. It can't yeah. seem to prioritise which of those two films it wants to do. You find them both like almost equally interesting. 
but it, as it gets on... But neither yeah. is the primary and, and neither informs the other in that way. Yeah, because you don't seem to complement each other that well. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it is relatively blandly written. It is, as I say, relatively depth-free. It's textureless. It would feel... I mean, it would feel like something that you would see on a Thursday night on ITV and still consider wanting... It, okay. it does, it, I mean, uh, there are times when you see the Sophie Cookson portion and you think, this feels like something Kira Knightley turned down in 2005 that, you know, uh, runners just found on a shelf and thought, why don't we dust that off? Yeah, like she she just done the tone. Oh, oh look, like, oh. you! Oh look, you were going to yeah. do Kira and Helen as the, as the yeah. young and old versions. Oh, okay, that's cute. We'll see what we can do. You know, it, it feels like one of those. Um, and the thing is as well, it's very drippy. It is insanely drippy. And I say that <laughs> in full knowledge of the fact that Tom Hughes in this movie plays the sort of uh, manic pixie dream boy communist love interest who disappears and reappears whenever he wants help for the cause. And Tom Hughes seems to genuinely be playing this as Eddie Izzard's impersonation of James Mason. Which is great. Can, yes. can we get a clip of that? Clip of? I, I think so. Here is Eddie Izzard's James Mason. And I shall be played by James Mason in the film. <laughs> and it is exactly like that. Imagine that. that imagine <laughs> that seducing a young a young woman at, at Cambridge, and you've kind of got this movie. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really warm to it. The story was interesting enough to keep me, you know, basically paying attention. I wasn't bored by it, but I did feel it was bland. I felt it was sort of tension free. It didn't do an awful yeah. lot for who, me. Who is this a film for? Who would you say is like the key audience? I would say it is for I think I think for the for the older audience, I think. Mm. I mean just especially judging by the screening I was in, I think that older crowds do tend to tend to yeah. warm to it. Well it's it's by Trevor Nunn, um, who is an esteemed playwright. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Um that's all I really know about him. <laughs> <But> he's, <laughs> yeah, he's he's very well thought of. Um but he's he's not done that much in terms of um uh, like directing film. In terms of direct, he seems to, he seems to have directed more for te- for television. Yeah. And you do feel like I said about the the ITV comparison, you do feel like this is a very sort of drippy, flavour free kind of an ITV drama. Yeah. And uh yeah, I mean that's came away from it just feeling I didn't really think there was a theatrical venture in there I didn't think even if you'd gotten Kira and Helen in it once upon a time it wouldn't have happened that, that didn't necessarily happen by the way making that up but, so you, uh, you're making me wish that it, it happened <laughs> but yeah I think all the crowds will get on with it because it is a rousing enough true story but it's more like Tinker Lamer Soldier Spy than anything else oh you're so proud of yourself I came up with that off the cuff oh no off way off the cuff baby Come you've, on. you've been you've been workshopping that for weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've been getting a better around two two thirty. Anyway, <laughs> next review with the latest film news and reviews. This is off screen, the movie marker radio show and podcast. And we're back, Mr. Allen. And, uh, well, from the relatively uh, relatively dulcet confines of Red Joan, let's go to somewhere a little uh, a little wackier next, if, you, if you'd indulge me. Shall okay. we? Yeah. Bellasconian Italy. How do you feel about that? Bellasconi in Italy? Bellasconi in Italy, I'm saying. I'm and, saying. and or in? And. Bellasconian, as in Edwardian. Oh right! I keep... Oh, oh yeah, right! Okay. I, was like I, thought, I thought you were just like Bellasconi in it. I was like, surely that's where you would find him. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Typically, you would. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I'm kind of fine with it. Okay. I guess. Yeah. So, um, Loro or Loro One or Loro One slash Loro Two or Loro One slash Two, as you would call it. I'm going to explain that in a minute. You need. To, is this the start of the franchise? 
Aha! You know, I wondered that too. Okay, so this is a new film from Paolo Sorrentino, whose name you would, of course, be familiar with. Yeah. Yeah, if you remember a couple of years ago, Paolo... Is it Sorrentino? Didn't he do that really good documentary? Uh, He did uh, This Must Be The Place, he did Youth... yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, The New Pope, he famously directed. Yes, with, yeah. Is that yeah, Jude yeah. Law? Jude Law, yeah. That's Jude Law. And, yeah, that is The Young Pope, and then the new series is going to be called The New Pope. I mean, oh, so, yeah. It's John Malkovich. The New Pope is John Malkovich? Mm. Well, that's a hell of a progression. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, you know, he's he's got a, a, something of a pedigree of doing, uh, let's just say, artistically lensed properties. Yeah, very mm. Italian films. Very Italian. Uh, yeah. Literally, he, he again, to quote Eddie Azard, is the man on the moped saying, Ciao! Ciao. <laughs> you know. hold, for, hold for clip. Ciao! Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Paolo Sorrentino had uh, decided to uh, drop on us a couple of years ago that, you know what, I'm going to make a movie about Bellasconi. And mm. we all thought to ourselves, sure you are, Paolo, sure you are. Good luck with that. It turns out the bugger only went away and actually did it. What he did, instead of just making a film about Bellasconi, though, mm. was to make two films about Bellasconi. Why he so did this... So that's this, why this one, all right, yeah. okay. Why he did this, I can't tell you. But it, it is called Loro 1 and Loro 2. The first movie basically serves as a sort of Death of Stalin-type satire about men who sort of work in the, in the, uh, in, in the corners around Berlusconi, who are trying to creep into his social circle. And it's... Uh, yeah, you can see on the... Uh, yeah, I've, I've just found the documentary. Is it The Great Beauty? Great Beauty, yeah. Oh, of course. I don't want to... I've completely forgotten about that. This first movie seems to centre around Ricardo uh, Scamaccio, who you might remember as the antagonist from John Wick 2. I do, I like him a lot. Yes, you like yes. him a lot, yeah. I keep, I keep calling him Martin Socas for some reason. But uh, they <laughs> yeah. are about 20 years apart in age, I would guess. Mm. Anyway, um, you've got Ricardo Scamaccio as a sort of ringleader of uh, young, desirable ladies, I would say. He uh, runs something of a harem, let's put it that way, and he's trying to ingratiate himself with Bellasconi's uh, social circle to get as close to the throne as possible. Uh, you also then have Lauro 2, which is the story of Bellasconi himself, in which he's played by Tony Servio in what can only be described as the most OTT gurning cheese grater of a performance you can possibly imagine as Silvio Berlusconi. Don't get me wrong, I have no doubt that every single line he comes out with could very well be something Berlusconi is on record as saying. He looks very well cast. But yes, um, we've not got a clip because obviously it is all in Italian. It is all in, all in Italia, as it is. Il Italia? I can't remember. What is it? Which one? Um, I, mean, I mean, whichever. Hmm? Yeah. Anyway. As, as someone who is um, not well versed in Italian, I, it, yeah, here he is a clip of um, yeah, just some like really offensive uh, Italian music or Dean Martin singing. I will say I did get to revisit and confirm a lot of curse words from The Sopranos because of this movie because <laughs> yeah, it is very bad. That, that is the only Italian. I know. Yeah, like, <laughs> most of us only know certain words yeah. from The Sopranos. Fafagul. Yeah, yeah, like you know the boat being named Stugats and things like that. <laughs> you know. We, we know things like that, and it's nice to have them confirmed in a quite foul-mouthed movie with subtitles. Mm. Um, right, so I will say, I very much enjoyed uh, Ricardo Scamaccio's performance as Sergio in the first half of this. Uh, Cassia Smuniak as well as uh, as Kira, Eurydice Saxon as Tamara. I thought the three of them really great performances, but they are at the centre of what is really the first film, the first half of this, which is one film on its own. And uh, you're looking like you might know her from somewhere. She, I, I, like I, didn't I had that with both actresses from but, Paris with love that Travolta action oh yeah. I've, I've just remembered that yeah oh, dear. we're going to Paris baby <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie so much it was terrible 
<laughs> but anyway, um, the first half of the film I think is great. I think it works as a sort of death of Stalin by way of Berlusconi and Wolf of Wall Street kind of a tale. I have all the time in the world for that. I think the second half though doesn't quite work as well. So I think much. the performance is as br- uh, the performance is as satirical and as wacky as the first half of the movie is. But the actual film that the second half is is a lot more straight faced, a lot more serious, and a lot more introspective. And the two don't gel. I think Tony Savio's performance simply exists on a different level to, or a different tonal level to what the rest of the film is. And that, for me, I thought was a disappointment because, very obviously, Sorrentino is in his element in that first half when it's going Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. when it's going like the rave scene from John Wick. You know, it, 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 it's <laughs> a lot like that. I had all the time in the world for that, but it really let me down the second half. I was, uh, I was uh, quite disappointed. So, um, over to you for some uh, some news then, Mr. Allen. Uh, what have you got for me today? I've got some news. Go I've got on. loads of news, actually. Okay. What, what news do you first? Oh, this I thought was interesting because we were just talking about her, I mm. guess. Yep. Um, so, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who of, uh, is uh, of the Fleabag, Fleabag, of Fleabag yep. the Killing Eves. Is she on Killing, Killing Eve as well? She created Oh, she Eve. did, yes. Yes, tell her yeah, life. I mean, she was the showrunner for the first series. Ah, right, like okay. Uh, not the second, not going to be the third. Um, yeah, she, who is ace, she has been brought in to uh, kind of punch up uh, the script for Bond 25, which, well, that'll be like 25 people that have come on. Yeah, yeah, it will, yeah. it will. I mean, and, and if, if Hellboy taught us anything, it's that too many cooks in no way spoil the broth. I don't think uh, we compare Hellboy to James Bond. <laughs> hey, they're both equally beloved institutions to me. To you. <laughs> Child of the 90s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I am all for that. That's, that's ace. Um, Kerry, what's his face? Uh, Fukunaga? Fukunaga. I'm always scared to like say Fukunaga. His, yeah, I'm always scared to say his surname because I don't want to even get it wrong or like just sound like I'm swearing. Really? Okay, yeah. try pronouncing the surname of the writer of Wonder Woman sometimes. Yeah, you get on. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> let's not do that. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's still there. Um, Ryan Malik is pretty much confirmed at this point to be the bad guy, which, fair enough. I think that's it. If you're going to go anywhere from you, the you get win. You get the most recent Oscar winner. <laughs> yeah, that's to be the is, thing. That kind of is a Bond staple, isn't it, to go and get an Oscar winner? Yeah. To just go and get someone who's won an Oscar in like the last two or last three years. years. yeah. does seem Christoph to Waltz, Tavi Bardem, that's what we've done for the last few, so that, that would make sense, and it's still going to be Daniel Craig's last one. Apparently Daniel Craig uh, requested uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Well, so, um, I mean, yeah, have, have, have you have you watched uh, Killing Eve? I have not watched Killing Eve yet. I have got right. to watch I'm after watching watch Killing Eve. Mm. It just completely makes sense. Okay, I will. I look forward to it. Yeah. So, uh, one more review then before we uh, before we cut to the bridge. Okay, um, let's talk then really quickly, uh, which is ironic given the film we're talking about um, about uh, Dragged Across Concrete. Great title. Great title. <laughs> third installment. Th- third film. Uh, Film venture for S. Craig Zala, uh, who brought us Bone Tomahawk, which I loved, who brought us uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99, which I love, and has now brought us this, which I, I did not love. I do not love. <laughs> I, I do not love. So this stars uh, Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn as two cops who are cited... They're old-school, racist, xenophobic cops. They consider themselves to be realists, you know. They are the same voices in a world that's just gone hippy-dippy, political correctness, gone mad, and, oh, what next? They're part of the what next brigade. You know, those guys. So you you get Mel Gibson. Ah, we're going to get to that. Anyway, so they are suspended from duty one day for excessive force when they're caught on camera being a bit too rough 
off with an African-American suspect or, or Hispanic. I can't quite remember which one it is in the early, early stages. They do offend everybody by the end of the film. Don't right. worry. They do get there. Um, they are suspended and they decide, since they're being cast out to the wind, that, you know what, it's their turn to make a book with the skills they have acquired. Rather like that movie Triple Frontier recently. Same kind of uh, ethos. Yeah. You know, we've, we've, you know, we're, we're skilled at this now. Yeah. Let's go do it for ourselves. We would get paid a lot for this. Let's get paid yeah. for it. I've still not watched that. I should watch it soon. It's not bad. Yeah, it's I'm, not I'm bad. off for the next couple of weeks. I might do that. Here's a clip of something that's worse. There's been opportunities before, more than a few. Take a bribe, pocket a bundle, pill for cash. I was a cop on active duty today. I'm a poor civilian who's nearly 60. I can accept that, but I'm not going to ask my wife and daughter to. If you put all our collars together, every imbecile we ever nabbed, it'd probably fill two entire wings of the state prison, maybe three. We have the skills and the right to acquire proper compensation. The first most, the first uh, imposing thing about this, of course, is the runtime, which clocks in at a Ooh, frankly yeah, yeah, seen it. staggering two hours and 39 minutes. You'll also notice on the IMDb page right next to them, wow, you also set to R rating and mine says 18. That is strange. Strange, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, um, an, an American IMDb. <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, with those two hours and 39 minutes comes an R rating that they really do earn. And if you've seen Bone Tomahawk and uh, Braun Sarbot 99, you know exactly how big a fan S. Craig Zoller is of that rating. And yes, it, it's, it's something they do work for here. Uh, the only problem is this is one of those films that does feel like there was a tight 40, uh, there's a tight hour and 40 in there. And there is a lot of middle, uh, middle distance gazing. Mm. And I do mean a lot. The entire difference in runtime between that hour and 40 minutes and near two hours and 40 minutes that we actually wind up with really is, I just want to stare into the middle distance mid-sentence. And then when I end the sentence, please indulge me another minute. It, it is that lather, rinse, repeat. Um, when it really decides to go for the, uh, the, the sort of would-be heat-like structure that it wants, um, it does so at the, uh, at the, at the sort of involvement of Tory Kittles and Michael Jai White as a sort of, so it does have that sort of ten of thieves kind of mm. element to it as well because obviously it wants to be heat, but it's, a, it's too dull and it's too, uh, too viscerally gleeful. That's got a pretty decent cast. Yeah, it does land closer to, uh, to something like Den of Thieves. And yes, about the cast, there is a good cast in there, but they are largely quite wasted in very, in small, rather insignificant role, you know, small, insignificant roles. Fred Malamed, uh, Don Johnson, Udo Kier, Jennifer Carpenter, Laurie Holden, Thomas Gretschmann, even. From Age of Ultron. From Age of Ultron, yeah. Baron Strucker. Um, yeah, I mean, Michael Jai White, I'd argue, comes off quite well for a change, which is nice. Also, nice to see him in a role that doesn't he's, involve... He's Black stunt. Dynamite. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't involve a fight scene as well, this role. It is genuinely That's an acting weird. part. Yeah. And he's very good in it. Tory Kittles are quite liked as well. Um, I did think Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson put in really good portrayals. There has been some controversy about the politics of the film. Zala himself has had to come out and say, look, I did not intend any kind of political statement with this movie. I will argue, though, that when you go and get Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson to be the guy saying the things he does in this, mm. whether you mean it to or not, that is making a That's political it statement. Off, yeah. It comes off that way. I'm sorry, but it, it, it is... Un- I know it's unintended, maybe, but when you get that combination of elements, it comes out that way. And believe me, there are some things we get to see Mel Gibson do in this movie that you genuinely stare at mouth ajar wondering how you just think oh that's, that's a Thursday night you do think like why would you in any way think it would be okay to get Mel Gibson to do yeah. this the film works because it's nasty and that nastiness works for it but maybe it would have been better to get someone who were not used to seeing those kind of things or, or haven't got that mm. 
public persona. It does feel like uh, it would, would have been better as a transformational part for an actor who doesn't normally do this kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to... We've like, seen... if you've got some, like, I don't know, like, like a John C. Riley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just someone completely... Good yeah. Lord, you give me a John C. Riley version of this. That'd be... See? But yes, I've improved uh, your film. You really have. <laughs> and also Mel Gibson, Holmes and Watson. I just feel like that would have improved that. <laughs> yeah, they, they do like a job swap for, yeah, uh, for a day. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so dragged across, across, across concrete. Uh, I can never say that successfully in one go. Dragged, dragged across, across concrete. concrete. Uh, still, still a good title, but yeah, the, the film. Good title, film, a little bit less so. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen. The Movie Marker Radio Show and Podcast. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So, uh, before we uh, crack on with more news and another review, shall we go really quickly to the box office top five for this week, then? Yeah, all right. Number five. Hell, lad. <laughs> Hell, lad. <laughs> Which yeah. sounds like it would oh. be the DC Comics uh, yeah. spin-off sidekick, doesn't it? Hellboy and Hell, lad. Yeah, and like, uh, maybe, maybe like Lobo yeah. as well. <laughs> Thank God, uh, Hellboy's uh, Dark Horse. Anyway, so yeah. uh, Hellboy is a disaster in, in the worst possible way. It is a meddled with, trifled with, just chaotic, just... Is it a fun It disaster? is an eaten mess of a movie. <laughs> To go, to go with the, the trifling thing. But, like, instead of strawberry, it's like blood. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. I'd say Ian McShane and David Harbour, I think, are a lot of fun in it. And there's stuff in there I do like. I like Stephen Graham as a scouse pig monster. And uh, Nice. I love Stephen Graham. Yeah, and there's there's some tonal ideas in there, in particular the first line Shane comes out, McShane comes out with, that I just uh, yes, think that just right. sets a tone for a movie that I'm going to enjoy no matter what. The yeah. film is just god-awful, though. There are those moments you will enjoy. There's stuff in there that I, I I would I would I would like to see more of. There's like Hellboy fighting some giants at one stage. It's actually it tells you what they were aiming for. It never quite gets there though, and you feel like it wasn't going to get there anyway. Really didn't help that it's clearly been hacked to the bone on them as well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's been severely edited. It, it clearly has. So has anybody tweeted? And uh, what have they said on the matter? Yes, at Theo Gunderated um, says, I don't care what anyone thinks. This is all in capital letters. Okay. The new Hellboy in bold yep. uh, movie is wonderful. Number four. Wonder Park. Which I enjoyed, actually. Didn't expect well, it. John Oliver's in it, so... John Oliver is in it. Now, that was the thing. That had me That had me wondering, like, why, why is John Oliver in this movie? Yeah, there's like, got to be a reason. There's got to be, because, like, you'd agree with me, not really a paycheck guy, is he? Not really. Not, not yeah. really. You know, he, he's not going to turn up. He's not necessarily... <laughs> Doesn't need it. Yeah, he's not yeah. going to turn up in some director... You think this guy turned down Smurf sequels, you know what I mean? He ain't <laughs> yeah. a paycheck guy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, anyway, so it does have a little bit of wonder to it. It does have a little bit of heart to it. Um, it's animated to about Despicable Me level of, of sort of art, artistic. Yeah, so artwork. enjoyable enough for kids. Enjoyable enough. I think uh, it's not going to particularly tax parents, as yeah. it were. Which studio is it? It's, uh, I think it's a known, it's a no-name studio that's then been distributed, I think, through Paramount. Oh, right. So, yeah, there is that. But, uh, I did say it worked. The cast I thought were quite fun, like Mila Kunis and Matthew Broderick, Jennifer Garner and John Some Oliver, obviously. Decent people, yeah. Yeah, it worked. I didn't like having, uh, you know, Keenan Thompson and the other guy removed for the sake of two British YouTubers. But, uh. Oh, have you done that? I hate when they do that. Yeah, 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 they did that. Yeah. Like in, in one of the cast films. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Do Americans get Jay Leno? Is it? Was it Jay Leno? I thought it was Jeremy Piven. 
Oh, was it Piven? Was it Piven? Or we we got Clarkson? Did we? Yeah, we got yeah. Clarkson. Everyone, I, everyone gets to Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. I know. I thought country. it was. I thought it was Piven. But if I'm, I said Piven last week, am I wrong? Is it Jay Leno? Because that would. I thought. Sense. I thought it was Jay Leno. Huh. But I could probably see it being someone like Piven. I definitely remember us getting Clarkson. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. But, uh, Kelly pointed out uh, Jonathan Ross in Shrek too. Yes, so. I remember that. Isn't it Andy yeah. Peters in Toy Story 2? Yes, well? it is. Yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> There you go. It's a fine tradition Deep of these yeah. things. Yeah, so, um, but, yeah, I liked it. I just didn't love it. Has anyone tweeted about it? What did they think? Somebody has. At Scooby... Cavalier. Scooby Cavalier, I like That's it. That's great, I like yep. that. For a second, I thought it was uh, Scooby Caviar, which I like Fair. equally as much. Uh, went to see Hashtag Wonder Park this afternoon at... Cinema. And I did not have any children with me. All right. <laughs> so, strange brag, but yeah. you donuts. Weird, weird flex guy. Donuts. Um, yeah, that is that is odd. Um, mm. Okay, yeah, I was expecting more to that sentence. I think I was. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, Excelsior. Captain Marvel. Uh, which I really enjoyed. I mean, I don't think it's amongst the, the top half of the best here of the Marvel, Marvel movies for me. But we've got 22 now, but, so... You know, yeah, when, when, you know, when, the, when you said there's 11 movies better than this out of 22, that's, you know... That's, that's all right. It's a pretty wealthy canon, I would say, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but... I, I'll, very, very decent like. three-star origin story film. Exactly. There we are. Does yeah. anything else need to be said? I I don't think so. Let's 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 cue the music. Let's play some hole. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's let's play a tweet. <laughs> yes. Who have we got? Uh, we have got uh, Max. Max. Max, who in a name has got like a star, like a Captain Marvel styled star. Thing. Oh, okay. I, so, I, that's, I that's, feel that's, like she's going to be a fan. I feel like this might be yeah. positive. Yeah, go on. So um, I don't know what this means. Hang on. So Captain Marvel is extremely OP. On what? point. I feel like I want You're to take younger a, than me. I feel me. like I want to take a shower. <laughs> uh, I am younger than you, but I teach people much younger than me, which makes me feel much older. So technically, I'm about 65. Yeah, but you you have to occupationally be down with the kids. And I'm a dad. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm way more adult than you are. So, um, Captain Marvel's OP. Yeah, Go it's on. OP, but God damn it, is she the baddest... Can, can, I, can I say the... B-I-T-C-H. That's the one. Yeah, we yeah. are. B-I-T-C-H. Yep, fair enough. Fair uh, enough. I've ever seen. No full stop, no capital letters. Poor punctuation and grammar. Number two. Shazam! Shazam. Which I really enjoyed. And uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at the tweet for this. Oh, okay, well, okay. We, we shall get to I don't it. know Carry offhandedly on. what this Carry is. On. Um, Shazam is the first uh, DC movie I've end-to-end enjoyed. I think it's genuinely great. Yes. I'm looking, I'm hoping, actually, on uh, the bank holder this, this weekend to uh, double bill the two Captain Marvels. Oh, that would be great. <clears throat> That's exactly what I'm going to try and do this weekend. And uh, I, I liked it very much. I think Zach Levi's a lot of fun. I think Jack Dylan Grazer is yeah. great fun in it. And I, I do think he is our new Fred Savage and should be worshipped Accordingly, um, Mark Strong. Was, was Fred Savage worshipped? <laughs> he should have been done. He should have been. <laughs> what was the wonder years if not a six season long worship? Of, exactly. Was it six seasons, maybe four. Anyway, yeah. But I, he ran alongside Doogie Howser. It was a difficult time. It was. Yeah. Anyway, so also who didn't love Danica McKellar? Damn. Anyway, Jim uh, so, and Hansu was great. 
Yeah, Demon Hansu is great. Um, yeah. yeah, he really is. And also, there's a. If you're making a comic book film, get Demon Hansu. That's what the rules. Yeah, because yeah. he was in Aquaman, he was in yeah. Captain Marvel. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. He's in Guardians. Uh, yeah. But the, see, the key word here is fun. It is the most fun. I would argue it is the most child appropriate movie that DC films have made uh, mm. since they started. Well, that, that being said, I think it has got some darkness to it's it. It's got darkness to it, but I yeah, think because like, they've got enough. the fun there as well, you could, you'd feel comfortable watching this with a kid. You would, yeah. There's, there's yeah. some creature designs that I was a bit taken aback by, mm. and I, I really liked them. I yeah. really enjoyed them. So, who's tweeted? What did they say? Uh, I'm looking forward to this. <clears throat> Where you go? Okay, at Matt Beerwagon. Beerwagon, okay. <sighs> I was a big Shafan of Shazam. Love it, love it, love it. Boom. Can't say anything else. Number one, Dumbo. Well, Who saw that coming? Kids' holiday, I guess. So, yeah, there's loads of kids who want to see Dan DeVito in a big circus hat. <laughs> big, big top hat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I quite liked Dumbo. I didn't think it was amazing or anything. I don't think, I think, uh, like, Great Showman cast a long shadow of a circus movie, I think, as I said to you. And, uh, <laughs> that's our circus benchmark. That's my circus benchmark, and I have to do the, I have to do the arm tilt as I do it. So, right. I literally do a tilting shadow as I tilting go. Shadow. Uh, it's yeah. a good job we do these things for audio. <laughs> in, in podcast sections, we will name our top top five circus films oh okay I'll do that I'll yeah do that. let's do yeah, that yeah. like three of them are Tim Burton movies so we're okay yeah. <laughs> anyway <laughs> <laughs> it's like Tim Burton movies greatest showman and yeah anyway yeah T.S. Spivet I'm <laughs> I'm not going to have great showman in mind just as a point of principle well anyway so uh, yeah. I liked Dumbo I thought it, it worked I just really didn't think there was much dazzle to it I think that's kind of what it missed it it lacked a little bit of heart and dazzle for me it does feel like I think this there was a rewrite that slimmed a lot of heart and material out of this and it doesn't feel like they made that stuff and then cut it out it feels like they wrote it and then cut it cut out, it out. And I couldn't shake that feeling all the way through. It's notable that every female family member that I saw this with hates me now. But, uh, because, Why? Of, because they loved it. So oh, right. They loved it. My sister and the twins, they loved it. Yeah. So, yeah, I have to be the bad guy, unfortunately. I, I have a feeling that I'm going to love it just because it, it mm. hues a lot closer to like Edward Scissorhands, yeah. Big Fish kind of Tim Burton. And I'm, ah, I'm it's that. a lot more restrained a Tim Burton than that. And that's kind of the problem with it. Has anyone tweeted? What do they think? Yeah, uh, at Tim Burton, uh, <laughs> just he's just tweeted uh, the lyrics to uh, "Boys Don't Cry." No, <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the JS Lewis says, "I just remembered that I saw Dumbo over the weekend. That is how utterly unremarkable and forgettable that movie is." Good lord, damning. Damn. That is wow. Just for time reasons, can we just skip through to the review of Steel Country? Is that okay? Okay. Right, so there is a movie out, and I, want, I don't want to shortchange this. I just want to give it a good quick review. So this is, this is a movie starring Andrew Scott. Who is in Fleabag. Who is in Fleabag, <laughs> funnily enough, yeah. So Andrew Scott is in this. This uh, Basically, I'm trying to think how I could describe this to you. It is an Irish-made film that is set in the US. It's set in, like, rural, small-town uh, America. Mm. It follows a, a local bin man, played by uh, Andrew Scott with an American accent. He works alongside uh, Bruno Waugh, uh, who's also Irish, and he's from Hollyoaks, and he's playing here with an, with an American accent. And there's a lot of this going yeah. on in the film. Yeah. So it's also um, the latest film from Simon Fellows, who is a director who has made many direct DVD things, including okay. movie starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. And uh, do you remember Malice in Wonderland? Of course I do. Which I think we all thought was a cheap mockbuster for the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland, but actually was just a victim of... Wasn't that something to do with Snoop Dogg? 
I'm not sure. It had Danny Dyer in it as the Mad Hatter. I'm thinking of a different Malice in Wonderland. Right. Yes, I do know that one. Yes, yeah. Malice in Wonderland had uh, Danny Dyer as the Mad Hatter and uh, Maggie Grace as Alice. Right, he directed that. Now, but yeah. I'm definitely watching this. I, I know, I'm watching the hell out of it too. Now, what he has done is to make what can only be described as what you'd get if Cormac McCarthy was hired to remake Forrest Gump. <laughs> cool. right? So yeah. just imagine the darkest, grimmest, grittiest human being alive had the chance in the space of a 400-page novel to re-envision Forrest Gump. Yeah. This is what he'd come out with. So, local bin man, who's, uh, let's, I believe is uh, developmentally impaired, I think is the term, uh, he, d- he is obsessed with the case of a young boy who he sees in a window of a house on his garbage route every week. And one day the boy goes missing. He's convinced that he was the last person to see him, and he starts to look into the mm-hmm. case, despite being told, it's nothing to do with you. Keep out of this. The boy is then found under suspicious circumstances and the only person who seems to want to question everything is our intrepid hero played by Andrew Scott here's a clip hello Tyler his family's on my route he waves at me every morning from his window he went there this morning the boy drowned that's all there is to it cops say he wandered off into the woods somewhere he didn't not Tyler what are you trying to do are you trying to give your life some meaning or... he was an innocent little kid Why didn't you call for an autopsy? Healthy people can still drown. To tell the police that. Did you do it? So, either Cormac McCarthy does Forrest Gump, or John Steinbeck does Gone Baby Gone. So, somewhere in the Baby. middle... Yeah, somewhere in the middle is Steel Country, which is actually called The Dark Place in its original title. I think it was released in the US under a dark place. Um, Andrew Scott is very good in this, uh, even though he, with his American accent, he does sound weirdly close to Giovanni Ribisi. He does a little bit. And he yeah. does look like he's filling a hole that was clearly intended for Casey Affleck at some point, because this really does seem like a Casey Affleck movie. But maybe that's just because Gone Baby Gone. Gone Gone Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought this was very good. I think it comes close to being a bit silly sometimes because of the production the limitations of the production value it does sometimes also remind you of you know when you're on the on the escalator on the underground yeah and you see those posters for like you know an actor you really like who's now starring in a show in a show from the author of and you never see that show because you're always just a little bit afraid of their american accent you know you'll never be able to take them seriously it's that little bit of it's that but it does overcome it, and what you actually do get is a very good movie. Mm. Uh, I thought was I think it is worth seeing. Just with accents as well, like he himself has got such a strong Scottish accent. I know <laughs> it's odd when you hear him do something so distinct. Isn't he does it. It's, it's, it's done well. Yeah, I, I, I bet that he does. It's like when you hear Ewan McGregor doing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Where yeah. he does an American accent. So you would watch The Island, where you literally get to see him do both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, say, I would watch this, if presented with it, I would watch this again. I think it is a film that, if, if you have a friend who's an Andrew Scott fan, for instance, they've never seen it, you'd put some, oh, you've got to watch this, it's actually not yeah. bad. And yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Say, there's a moments of ropiness, but the film is actually engaging enough to really power through. Mm. Uh, I do recommend it. I do think it's worth seeing. Uh, that was going to be the title of my, uh, my autobiography. Moments of Ropiness. Moments of Ropiness. Mm. I like that. The Case Allen story. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the Movie Marker radio show and podcast. (laughs) 
One last ride, Mr. Allen. So, um, we've saved uh, what I think is the most interesting film of the week for, for, for last. Uh, so, <laughs> this is a new film from the director of The Company of Wolves, Mona Lisa, We're No Angels, The Crying Game, Michael Collins, In Dreams, The Brave One, Byzantium. Who's that? Mr. Neil, Neil Jordan. Jordan, yes. Yeah. And, well, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know it was a Neil Jordan film going on. I didn't realise he was making a new one. No, came up on screen, no. I was like, oh my What was the last one he did? Was, it, was that Byzantium? I think it was, uh, yeah, well, the was last one film was Byzantium. He'd done a few episodes of The Borgias with Jeremy Irons, oh, really? I believe. And um, he's come to us with this now, which, cool. if, you're, if you're in on a very specific gag... Is a really, really great, solid, almost satirical thriller. If you're not in on that gag, it's probably a bit naff. Now, <clears throat> the gag in question is that Isabelle Huppert exists. And Isabelle Huppert is effectively the French, French Meryl Streep. Yeah, exactly. Everyone knows it. Several yeah, knows exactly. If you are in on that gag, this movie's terrific. Mm. If you're not in on that gag, brace yourself. Okay, so this follows Chloe Moretz as a, I would say, sort of college-age student. Maybe she's just graduated. She um, <laughs> she is sharing a Tribeca loft with her uh, slightly uh, slightly spoiled rich uh, BFF, played by Micah Monroe, who still yeah. alive. Micah wow. Monroe, yeah. Cool. And one day, she finds a handbag, an expensive handbag, that's left behind on the subway. She finds the ID inside, and she returns the bag when the lost property desk is mm. shut, returns the bag to its owner. A uh, middle-aged French lady named Greta. A uh, Isabel Huppert type. I- Isabel Huppert type. Yeah. Who looks and moves and acts like Isabel Huppert and even lives... <laughs> like Mel Street. Yeah. And <laughs> even lives in that exact cottage-like little New York side street house that you'd imagine Isabel Huppert lives in. But brace yourself, because this Isabel Huppert... Is psycho is Elizabeth Hoop, Elizabeth Isabel Hooper, <laughs> and she soon sets her mind single white female style on Chloe Moretz. Nice. Here's a clip. Please, Jesus, what, what, what do you want from me? I want to talk. Then talk to your daughter. I can't. She does not understand. What? What doesn't she understand? I'm lonely. Everybody's lonely. That does not mean that you get to follow people around and terrorize them. Everybody needs a friend. So, you, you, you said you love the creepy music. I do. Right, everything in there has been designed to be amped up to that yeah. level. But it's, it's very uh, Rosemary's Baby. Oh, it? yeah. Well, here's the thing. So, the whole movie is actually kind of generic, in a sense. It, I mean, when you break it down, like it's the same, you've seen this kind of story before, you've seen the single white female story. Yeah. It's only another spin of that dice. Yeah. And But this is, you know, this is every director gets to do this. Sometimes you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You just make a wheel that looks really, really nice and runs really well, and mm. that's fine. You know, what I mean, I mean it, it works for Ford. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does. So you know what I mean? Like you could you could very easily like imagine Paul Verhoeven making a version of this movie that starred Sharon Stone and Lily James. <laughs> I, or something. Like, I feel like Paul Verhoeven did make a version of this story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, they, they, the same exact kind of. Thing. You can imagine every different director's version of this, and Neil Jordan's is exactly as fun as you'd imagine Neil mm. Jordan's is. Right, it is shot really damn well. It looks. Great. The music cool. is great. Every single scene 
is it's great. executed, framed, and performed in such a precise way that every single one of them could end with literally could end with a character being literally uh, pleasured or killed. Put it that way, and frank- or both. <laughs> and frankly, either is possible. Yeah. Either is possible within this film. I had a whale of a time with it. Isabel Huppert is so much fun as a psychopath that I, I just didn't even know where to begin. Um, uh, you yeah, never really see her in that role. It's usually she's just like some spurned lady. Oh, she's so good. Mm. So good. I, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's just some of the creepy little things. It also, it's a 98-minute film. They throw the hammer down on this psycho thing, which, you know, they're not holding back in the marketing. It's very obvious what the film is about. They throw the hammer down the psycho thing 25 minutes in. No no reservations about it. It's just, this is what she's, we're doing She's now. nuts. Yeah, it yeah. is a it is a three very straight three act kind of a psychodrama. Each each one each kind of psychodrama is compacted into each of the acts. I had a great time. There's a wonderful little appearance for Stephen Rea in there because Stephen Rea because because uh, Crying Game, you know, yeah. and yeah. I just really enjoyed it. I had fun with Chloe Moretz. I thought Chloe Moretz was really well judged. I feel like she's having not a bit of a renaissance because I don't think she's been around enough to. I think she's starting to find what works for her. Yeah. Because you you enjoyed the miseducation of Cameron Post. I did, yeah. And I think she's finding now. I think that's just gone onto Netflix recently. I think it has. I will watch that soon. And she's going to be in the Adams family. I oh, think she, she, she is. Talk yeah. about this um, it, of course, every movie needs one of those things. You know, one of those you'll never look at in the same way mm. again. This has cookie cutters. Nice. You'll never look at in so, the same, so way, same way that, like, Killing Joe had fried chicken. Exactly the example I used yeah. as well. You'll never look at fried chicken the same way again. You will never look at cookie cutters the same way again. I just... I had a whale of a time with it. I admit it is not a perfect movie, but it's a very enjoyable one. It is, I mean, it's a four star film from me. When I was, when I had to give this a rating, I gave it four stars. Uh, not because it's an especially wonderful film, although I do think it's a very well made film, and I think Neil Jordan's on the time of his life. And that is so infectious as yeah. fun that it is a four star experience. That's nice. He's, he's been around for. Yeah. A while. No. I mean, it's one of those movies that you that if you really stop to think about it, there's not one but two integral points in the movie where it is required that characters are able to get phone signals on the metro, on the New York subway. Which you and I have both been on the subway in NYC. Mm. You cannot it's it's not physically it, it possible. It doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. You don't even you can't even get on their Wi-Fi. It doesn't exist. Anyway, uh, that's film of the week for me. That is absolutely wow. cut and hands shut. down. Yeah, cut and shut, as you say. Yeah. Film of the week. Not dragged across concrete. No. No. No, I mean, because you could watch this twice in the amount of time it takes to watch Dragged Across Concrete, literally. Like, that film is, what, 20 minutes shorter than Avengers Endgame? Yeah. Which, segue, is up for next week, isn't it? So, wow. of course. Next week, we, I was gonna. I wasn't gonna bury the lead on that one. I was gonna bury the lead actually, because we've also got Bel Canto next week, which is All right. uh, that Ken Watanabe and, and uh, Julianne Moore, and Julianne not Moore. Julianne Less. No, no, definitely never Julianne Less. <laughs> I saw I saw Gloria Bell recently, but oh uh, yeah, is, isn't that a remake? That is a remake, but it's made by the person that made it. Yeah, pulling a Haneke, yeah. as I call it, pulling a Haneke, <laughs> pulling a Haneke. Do you know who was in my screening for that, by the way? Michael Pitt uh, on Funny Games that would, that would be great I will admit that would be awesome uh, no Graham Norton oh but, uh, yeah because uh, Juliano was on his show last week so he, he sure was obviously yeah. seeing it ahead of that they, they, I don't get the uh, press rounds for that show for Graham Norton they seem to do promote movies that are out three months in advance so yeah odd. we tend to like um, Paul Rudd and Chris Hemsworth were on that same episode yeah, I think. obviously we've got a few weeks 
Also next go. week, uh, German animated film Spy Cat, which I will admit looks amusing. Uh, we've got British drama Pond Life next week. When I think of German animation, I think of The Simpsons. <laughs> when we get rid of itchy and scratchy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and also out next week, Eighth Grade. Oh, I can't wait for that. I can't believe we finally get it. And it's been buried in Avengers Week. Yeah. So, yay. I I don't think that says anything about quality. No, no, I just think it's a very odd release pattern. Yeah. But uh, hoping for some of that episode one mummy hangover money that you used to get. You know when episode one was sold out, so you went and saw the mummy. Mummy, yeah. Yeah, that was why, (laughs) and everyone thought that was just why the mummy made so much money. Yeah, I I think we're comparing the wrong films. (laughs) (laughs) We really are. So yeah, all those to come and more next week off screen. In the meanwhile, there's a candy store production of a movie market. I've been Dan Connor. I've been Case Arn. And we shall return. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen. For more movie news, reviews, and more, visit moviemarker.co.uk. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Podcast extras. Right, I've just typed in films about the circus into Google, just okay. to help us think of some of the best circus songs that there are. Yeah. Um, there's some really old ones, as you might... I would imagine the circus has kind of always been uh, prominent in movies, hasn't it? Like, yeah, Great Show on Earth, which I believe won Best Picture. Oscars. Did it? Great show. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, Water for Elephants. Do you remember that? Oh God, is that the Reese Witherspoon one? Yeah, is it Reese Witherspoon? Um, Rob Patterson and Christoph Waltz. Good lord! I think it was the first big film he did after um, Glorious Bastards. Oh, of course. Yes, 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 I remember now. Yeah. Let's see. What else we got? Oh, somebody's my top ten circus movies. I I think we've literally pulled up the same list. I think we have. No, no, no. I've got the thirty-four best circus movies. Thirty-four. Yeah, including Freaks. (gasps) Yeah, freaks with it. One of us. One of us. Yeah, Yeah. come on, that's amazing. Oh, Chaplin's The Circus, obviously, that is a classic. Could could we just say Original Dumbo? Yeah, Original Dumbo. Original Dumbo. There's a top. Why have you so many random lists about circus movies? Uh, A lot of people have a lot of. Cirque de Freak, the vampire circus. That's nice. Um, I am going to throw the young and prodigious T.S. Spirit in there. Yeah, I enjoy that. I really love that movie. Um, yeah, is someone including Something Wicked This Way Comes on that yeah, list as well? With Jason Robards and Jonathan Price. I know, have we not watched that recently? Yeah, <laughs> and someone called uh, Royal Dino, which is not what a clue. When, uh, so, what are your five? Dino uh, becomes a king. From <laughs> uh, my, my five. What are your five? What, what are you going with for your five? Uh, Dumbo, mm-hmm. Freaks, Big Fish. Yeah. I don't want to put Greatest Showman in. I like it. I love Greatest Showman, though. It's absolutely going in for me. There's got to be some kind of like documentary about Cirque du Soleil. Let's bust. There is. Right there, there. Is a, there is one for Cirque du Soleil. Is yeah. it, 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 there was one. I forget what it was called because I don't think I got to review it. So uh, And Greatest Showman F because but, that's, that's a famous film, isn't it? Why not? I'm going with, uh, I am going with Freaks. Uh, I'm going with uh, Greatest Showman. Mm. I'm going with uh, Big Top Pee Wee. Oh damn! I'm no, going with. I'm, sure I'm going with, and I know this is a cheat. I'm going with Batman Returns. Well, I was going to. I, yeah, uh, you can have it. That. Is a cheat. It's all right. And oh, oh, uh, Batman Forever. Because still a circus. Yeah. Because still a circus movie. Damn it. Because of the Graysons. Yeah. Yeah. So going with those. Those. Those are my picks. But uh, let's, I, uh, I loved Batman Forever. Oh, I know Batman Forever. Is I so loved good. it. But, <laughs> So, can we talk about that other thing you're just not supposed to say in the entertainment news this week? Which Beetlejuice. Is, 
Well, there is that. Also Candyman. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Bob Iger at Disney. Yeah. It came out this week, first of all, that Bob Iger is uh, looking to retire finally. He's going to vacate his role. Oh, really? In, I think it's 2020 or 2021. Oh. Apparently, he has kept re-upping his contract, but not at his own assistant. He's been ready to move on, apparently. And but, which, but Kathleen Kennedy's not ready to take his job. Th- that's basically what it is, yeah. yeah. And di- but no, the Disney board apparently keep asking if he'll just stay on for the next tra- for the transition to whatever the next that thing is. is. And it why? seems to every time this has happened, it's when they seem to have basically had a big investment or they've taken. So it's Disney Plus. It's the next one. Exactly. So his current, you know, uh, stay oh is God. seemingly for this. Um, so that's come about, and uh, he came out with something this week, which I think was amazing. He just came out and said, "Yeah, so we were uh, we were looking at what to do with Disney Plus, you know, what we're now calling Disney Plus, and uh, we saw Fox, and we just thought, boom, we got to have that. Awesome. And you just think, I mean, we all thought it, Bob, but you don't say it. You don't actually <laughs> say it. you literally did this. I, I respect him more for saying it. <laughs> I know." Why not? It's, it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's like going to the yeah. restaurant and telling the waiter, nah, mate, you can give us what you like. We literally come here for the wontons. You know, yeah. you, we all think it. You just don't say it. But, uh, I mean, he literally spent tens and tens and hundreds of billions. How was it? 70 billion, something like that, for Fox? Um, what, what was the I don't know if it was that much. I think it was 50-something. Something, oh, no, it was like 40-something billion, wasn't it? But he did all that simply so they could keep earning revenue off the Simpsons in perpetuity. Just imagine that. That is insane. He did literally yeah. all of that so that every Christmas he'd have our money when we wanted to watch Die Hard. That's <laughs> yeah. literally why he did it. Because he wanted Holly Gennaro to be a, a that's success. That's, he, it. that's what he that's wanted. It. He wanted, yeah, the Gennaro outfit in the Disney store. And I'll be really Still honest. Some uh, uh, Gennaro's about Gennaro. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll be really honest. After that recent Honeymoon Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode, I have a whole new respect for that outfit. Oh, my God, yeah. Yes, I know. No, none of us had ever particularly thought it before. And now just, dang it. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank yeah. you, uh, Melissa Fumero. I mean, uh, really, just... Thank you. Anyway, yeah, how, why can't I spell today? How much did. money did Disney buy here? Can you believe Tiger Woods is a winner again? It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. What yeah. A, 52, I, I generally feel like we've just gone back to the 90s. We really have. It's great. 52.4, yes, that's apparently. what I thought. Oh, and yeah. you know what? We're both right. Yeah, that's the initial uh-uh. one. And then the Comcast thing came in. Mm-hmm. So they increased its bid to 71. What I really love about that is Fox knew, the Fox board knew that they would earn more out of Comcast buying. Yeah. But for some reason decided to stick with Disney anyway. Mm. I can only assume it's because Bob Iger walked in and said, look, look, look we're not going to mess with anything you built. Mm. We just want to earn money off it forever. So Why? give us your diehards, your aliens, your Simpsons. <laughs> And I guess your avatars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and whatever's left. And uh, while you're at it, we, we might as well take that pesky X-Men off your hands. Yeah. Well, these, these are the franchises that come up for 20th Century Fox. Oof. Avatar, The Simpsons, Die Hard, Night at the Museum. That is something I feel like you could just go on and on. Like You don't have to have Ben Stiller. No, no, not the museum can go on forever. And it, it could be a TV show. Also, can't you, you can apply the formula to different museums. Yes. Like, why can't it be Night at the Toy Museum, Night at the Games Museum, Night at the All Wax things. Museum? Yeah. And we've already gone international by going to the British one in the third one. Exactly. So you, yeah. could, you could carry on with that. It's, yeah. it's good. Um, uh, Star Wars. They Alien. Have, they have Come confirmed along. this past week that mm. the development of the Alien franchise will continue. 
Yeah, it wasn't a short film or something. They did a bunch of short films to time with whatever anniversary this one is. Is it 30 or 40 years since Alien? Oh, it's, it's got to be 40. Disney now on the X-Files. We keep forgetting about that. Yeah. Which is just hilarious. Family Guy. Yeah, Family Guy. Yeah. And they, they also own American Dad, although they don't broadcast it, funnily enough. Because uh, this is about TBS in America. TBS, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Ice Age, The Omen. <laughs> because I still think you could do... I think The Omen could be a TV. Uh, Home Alone's getting remade now, I'll tell you that much. Oh, 100%. Home Alone is 100% getting remade under Disney's watch. Who do you get? Daniel Sloss. Kavanjane Wallace. Kavanjane Wallace. That's the thing. You know if you did Home Alone now, in this day and age, there would there would be no reason whatsoever that it wouldn't actually get remade with a young African-American boy or a young African-American girl do you know who or you a young get? Hispanic girl. or That... Girl from uh, Blackish and Little. Oh, Marseille. No, 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 no. Martin. Marseille Martin. Right, no, yeah. no, no, no. That can't be allowed to happen. You know why? Because because she's going to do the Doctor Deal. Well, remake. <laughs> as 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 I discussed with Kel last week when I reviewed Little, the pro- one of the problems with Little or one of its benefit or one of its great things, depending on how you see it, is being the producer. She has literally crafted a vehicle around herself and her own native personality, which, thanks to the press junket, we now know is literally that character. If you remade Home Alone with her, she would straight up murder dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Is her character a little similar to her character in Blackish? Her no. character is exactly like her character in Blackish. That's great. It's basically a spin off film for. But her. With, yeah. with sassy tech for Diane money. Awesome. Yeah. I can yeah. just imagine. I want to see Marcy Martin now just fishing line around a dude's ankle. He's strung up from the ceiling, slashing throats. Electrocuting <laughs> yeah. like people. Yeah. Chinese water torture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely brilliant. Definitely. What else have we got this week? Oh, uh, speaking of Avatar, Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. I mean, Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> Michelle Yeoh. Oh, I'm all oh, about Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. I am all about Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. So, yeah, um, she's going to be some kind of scientist. Yeah, probably. In, yeah. In in uh, the sequels to Avatar, isn't she like Doctor Moon or something? Doctor Moon. Oh no, no, Doctor Karina Moog. That was it. Because that's a less silly name. Yeah, that's less, less silly than Moon, isn't it? Yeah, we all knew that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll watch them. Sure, well. Fine. The films, are I'll watch them. Um, Dark Phoenix is going to be the lowest opening, uh, as it's predicted, for any of the X-Men movies. We don't know it for sure. Let's be optimistic. This is, this is, what, they're, this is what they're really claiming. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think, I think that could be accurate. Have you read the GQ profile piece this week on uh, Keanu Reeves? Uh, Gentleman's Quarterly. Gentleman's Quarterly. Uh, I'm aware that he has said things. I read the title. I've not read the whole article. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I know about what, halfway through. It's a sizable article. I know what it's about. Well, it's kind of it's yeah. a sizable man. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what he says one of the things he comes yeah. out with apparently is he loves to drop that in as his response to things amazing he does apparently he's a big fan of Whoa. in the way that Owen Wilson would say wow yeah like you, you know you're a meme there's some great stuff in it though he's worth he's worth the read um, he, he, Keanu always comes across well in interviews like whenever he's done like What's a Nerdist episode or something like that he, he comes across very oh, well was he, was he on Nerdist oh he did uh, for John Wick 2 he did a Nerdist episode I'd like him to be on uh, Mark Maron at some point I think that would be a really good yeah interview. I feel like that, that would be interesting I'm listening to uh, Christina Hendricks right now huh yeah and that that's proven to be quite quite good well one of the things he's come out with is that uh, apparently he was blacklisted from 20th Century Fox mm. he was blacklisted from working with the studio and apparently the reason is because he turned down Speed 2 I mean I'd argue wow. clearly his career suffered for that yeah yeah oh I, I love this about Kelly's. oh his, his his bike obsession 
Well, he's still got the motorcycle from Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> God, I love him. The man has not aged. The man doesn't age. Much to my yeah. mother's gratitude. Um, but, there's, uh, there's a really cool uh, Empire uh, subscriber cover for John Wick 3 that's just been dead. Oh, has it? I don't know if you've seen that. After. I have not seen it. Please yeah, it's very cool. I'll have a look. Uh, so, um, the, co- co- the co-creator of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Dan Gore. Yeah. Right. He's going to be working with Mindy Kaling. To, uh, to write a screenplay for a movie that is going to star Kaling alongside Priyanka Chopra. Oh. And it is going to be about American Indian women and going to a family wedding. It is going to be set and filmed both in the US and in India. And that sounds ace. That does sound ace. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a comedy I really want to see. I think she's got, like, Priyanka Chopra is a very funny woman. Um, Did you watch that Netflix rom com? Oh, isn't it romantic? She's great at that. She's, I really enjoyed that. Uh, so. She's got more comedic shots than you think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't believe it's taken him this long to get into films. Because he's, yeah. he's him or what's, what's the other one? There's Dan Dango and uh, oh, Michael Michael Sure Sure from yeah. From, imagine he's over on the Good Place, isn't he? He's done. He's on the Good Place, isn't he? Yeah, but was he not involved in? Because they they've worked together, but I get. I get confused to like which ones they've done separately and <laughs> which ones they did together. I know, I know. Um, Doctor Doolittle, you've you've had this story around. Uh, I've I've today. got it right here. We can have a look at it together. So um, the story, as far as I understand it, is uh, Doctor Doolittle starring Robert Downey Jr. in what just looks like a steampunk adaptation of Doctor Doolittle with a lot of green screen and a lot of celebrity yeah. voices. We, we had that famous casting chart, didn't we, where they had the the faces yeah, of the cool actors picture. on there. It is. Um, my boy Kumail's in there, which I'm, I'm always, always makes me happy. Uh, yeah, he's playing an ostrich. Uh, John Cena is a polar bear. Just warms my very soul. Tom Holland is a dog named Jip, which just sounds like yeah. Tom Holland as a dog, doesn't it? I like the idea of Craig Robinson as a mouse. Oh, yeah. I just hope he's doing it. Some, some, of, his, some of his sort of brass... You know, when he does the brass arrogance thing, I hope he's doing that as a mouse. Yeah, I hope he's uh, Doug Judy from Book and Nine. Yeah, as, yeah, as yeah, like Doug Judy, yeah. yeah. Uh, Emma Thompson is a parrot. Rami Malek is a gorilla. Which is interesting casting. Uh, they yeah. seem to, I like, they seem to have cast uh, Craig Robinson in a, a, a small character, and he's got quite the big booming voice. He's a big man. Rami yeah. Malek's in a large character <laughs> yeah. with his quite quiet voice. Yeah. So very intense eyes. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, the reason we Egyptians go through a lot of eye cream. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Octavia Spencer is a duck called Dab Dab. Which just sounds lovely, doesn't it? Yeah. So, like, on the surface, all this sounds great. And as you reminded me earlier, this is directed by Stephen Gagan. Yeah. Writer of traffic, Stephen Gagan. Yes. Okay. This... Sounds like nothing I would expect to see his name associated with. Mm. Uh, but it's now going for reshoots. It's been delayed a year, I believe. Yeah, was, was it supposed to be this year? It's supposed to be out now. by now. I think it was supposed to be out by now, and it's been delayed to 2020. <clears throat> delayed the film from April 2019. Yep, to January I mean, 2020. I'm, I'm glad that it wasn't... Yeah, but, but it they didn't come out this month. Would we have the room for it? Yeah. You can't have yeah. you can't have this and Avengers like no. RDJ, RDJ yeah he's not got the steam for that much press surely like, well, I mean as, as this report reminds you reshoots are not that not that unheard of Jungle Cruise and Spider-Man Far From Home are going to be having some reshoots soon of course but the issue is this has brought in other filmmakers yes so yeah. I believe they were Chris McKay from uh, Lego, Batman. Lego Batman who's you know clearly hard at work on that Nightwing script that's, that's <laughs> clearly. clearly what's yeah. happening and uh, uh, Jonathan Liebesman yeah who Jonathan did, Liebesman yeah who did the Turtles yes did he do both or just one 
I think he's more the second one. The good one. He did the good one. So I don't think I saw the second one. Let's give him that one. The second one's the good one. one. Did he do like Earth to Echo or something like that? I believe he did. I think that's where he got his start. One of those like E.T. kind of films. E.T. meets, uh, what's it? Batteries. Batteries, not Oh, Batteries, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Which I really like. It's it's not unheard of for this kind of thing. So, like, it's not like, oh, this is definitely going to suck. Because Rogue One, Rogue One bought another filmmaker. True. And, and was really good. At so, least for me, really good. Apparently, um, Warner Brothers are concerned that having Johnny Depp associated with the uh, Fantastic Beasts franchise mm. uh, could backfire and irreparably harm the, harm the franchise. Right, and they found this out now. Hmm. Like, what? Yeah. Six, five or six months after yeah, that film came out. They right. found this out the other day, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because Amber Heard released her latest wave of accusations against her ex-husband. When was that? When did she release that? It was a couple of days ago, I think. Right. And it was uh, it was like a rebuttal to that lawsuit he'd filed against her for all the oh, things yeah. she'd filed against him. It is a lot of he said, she said right now, isn't it? I mean, it's literally all he said, she said. And yeah. the thing is that every time she does it, she takes a mountain of evidence with what, her. What is this new film he's got coming out? Uh, the Professor. I a, have no a idea. A trailer dropped for the other day, and I don't know what it's about. Let's all find out together, kids. <laughs> Let's have a look. In the meanwhile, whilst you're uh, looking that up, let me just talk about, because uh, you, you reminded me this earlier, Amy Jump, uh, Ben Wheatley's both professional and personal partner, is going yeah. to uh, write the sequel to to Tomb Raider, but the sequel to the reboot that starred Alicia Vikander. Alicia Vikander is confirmed to be returning. Mm. I mean, is uh, Kristen Scott Thomas returning? That's the uh, million dollar question. Yeah, because that movie obviously ended in such a way that she's required to return. Well, someone has not seen it. Yeah. What? <laughs> she's in it. She's in it. Right. She's a sort of the stepmother kind of figure. Twist. She's kind of the stepmother figure to Lara Croft. Oh, right. I don't need to watch it now. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I, you know, I ruined it for you. It was a big reveal at the end. <laughs> if I was going to watch it, I'd have seen it by now. Wait, she knows this creepy woman yeah. in the boardroom who keeps holding her hand? Right. You know, I, I literally didn't know she was she was going to be in it. Um, it's on Netflix. I probably will watch it. I'll, for, I'll forget about it. It's not bad. You know what I've heard? For that month until Rampage came out, it was the best movie ever based on a video game. Yeah, and the Rampage came out. The and... Rampage, yeah, took the crown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want a Rampage too. I want a <gasps> Rampage, yeah. I've just remembered what this is. The Professor. So a college professor lives his life with reckless abandon after being mm-hmm. diagnosed with terminal illness. That sounds it's based like on, a lot of things. It's based on like a true story or a novel or something. It, this actually, I, I think it might actually have happened. It was based on the, an article about some guy who did this. Mm-hmm. He found out he was dying. He said, F it. And just decided to do whatever he wanted. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. We shall have to watch the trailer downstairs. We shall, we shall. Well, will it even come out? Because recently he's been making films and they've not been seen the light of day. Like, that's, you remember that City of Lies? That oh, yeah, big the Biggie and Tupac murder movie, yeah. Right, uh, here's one for you. The Charlie's Angels movie that's coming out. Yeah. Directed by Elizabeth Banks. Yes. It's a sequel. Right. Yeah, okay. It's, it's, a, it's a legacy sequel, though, so it's actually a rebootquel that also serves... Not a, a sidequel or a parallelquel. Not a parallelquel, not a sidequel. It is basically going to be, they are just the next crop of angels. That makes sense. Right, so all the angels we've seen all exist now within the same continuity, and yeah. So the Camadias, Lucy Lou, yep. Drew Barrymore... That was just what beca- this, ...came yeah. after... The 70s ones and the, the ones that were on TV happened. Why not? That makes came, sense. 
Well, yeah, because they never define these things as taking place in other realities or anything. Yeah. And uh, also, if this counts, then technically I can have a MacGyver crossover at some point. But that's all I really want. And also, I really, really can't wait for Drew Barrymore to clearly cameo in this. Because why yeah. else would you say that unless you were going to jump street this bitch? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think I don't know if Cameron Diaz would come back. I don't think Cameron Diaz would. I don't think Lucy Liu would, but I think Drew Barrymore would. I think Drew Barrymore's riding on a pretty good wave recently mm. with the whole Santa Clarita. I feel like she's got a new fan base. Yes, I, I, I mean? feel like she's found a, a sort of because this is this is tends to tends to happen with a lot of actors is as they age they sort of go away for a little while, come back and yeah. then wind up with a whole new fan base specific to that age range that they themselves are now in. Yeah, it's like oh, I've discovered this person. Oh, good example, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland yeah. once famously said that the reason he took twenty four was they just are not writing parts for men in their mid to late 30s at the minute. Mm. They're either mid to late 20s or mid to late, to late 40s. 40s. Mid to late 30s, there's nothing. There's nothing there, yeah. Yes. Then this came along, did it. And also, and they wound up with a whole other fan base, which, let's be honest, was people like me who are sociopaths or right-wing Republicans. And then he went away again, came back, and now he has middle-aged Democrats. So, yeah. you know... And do you know how he did that? By playing a middle-aged Democrat. <laughs> I know, imagine that. Wasn't he like a yeah. centrist Republican? Republican. What, in, in real life or in, in, in designated survivor? In designated survivor. He's, he's sort of like a left-leaning Republican, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, because yeah. You, you try to get as many people to watch the show as possible. Yeah. That's how you do that. And then you get Michael J. Fox when all else fails. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, nobody dislikes Michael J. Fox. Nobody. Nobody could dislike that's, Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz dislikes Michael J. Fox. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's really it. But, yeah, mask. He, he, he doesn't like him. <laughs> yeah, got a mask doesn't have time for you. That, that's all you. Rocky Dennis hates your guts. That's other than that, you've got the world, pal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, The Professor. We'll watch We'll watch a trailer for it later, see what it's like. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. In, in the meanwhile, I don't know if I got to talk to Kelly about this last week. Uh, apparently, Zac Efron. Uh, mm. this, this happened and I didn't is, know Is this Marvel news? No. Carry this on. is... I don't know when this happened, but I didn't know about it, and I just discovered it, and I want to share it with the world. Zac Efron is the voice of Fred in the animated, cinematic, theatrically released Scooby-Doo movie. What? Yes. So, I'm sorry, say all that information I'm again. sorry, would you like me to tell you that again? Because you look as shocked as I was when I heard it the other day for yeah. the first time. Yes, that's animated Scooby-Doo reboot that's hitting cinemas in, like, May next year. Yeah. Yeah, Zac we're, we're Efron's like tra- Fred. Right. Yes. That's awesome. I know, right? Well, have you have you heard the full cast? Why why can't that be live action? I have no idea. Um, I think I know some of them. Is is Will Forte in it? Will Forte is Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. Ken Jeong. Who is is Will Forte playing Shaggy? I believe Will Forte is Shaggy. Yes, Frank Welker is Scooby. Because stick with a classic. Oh, yeah, why not? And is it Gina Rodriguez as? <gasps> is she Velma? I believe she is because I was saying to Kelly last week it has been a weird oh, shift I don't know when cool. it got decided but there is a weird shift now that Velma is Hispanic mm. which okay alright I mean I that, get that, that cover of GQ sorry I'm just oh, got back cover, to the that one I get why you do it one off but it seems weird that they're sticking with it it's like Iris in The Flash is now mm. just African American Nick Fury yeah. Nick Fury I was Nick just Fury good example yeah. it's like no one particularly cares it's just Okay, you just, done it now you just decided. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, why not? So um, yeah, Zac Efron yeah. in Scooby Doo. Oh, right, yeah, let's, oh let's that was it. it. The title. Have you heard the title? I have not. Tell it me right now. Scoob. 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 Right. Gina Rodriguez is Velma. Amanda Seyfried is Daphne. 
Wow. I'm, I mean, I'm in. I'm absolutely in. But, uh, oh yeah, Ken Jeong, by the way, is going to be Dino Mutt the Dog Wonder. Dino Mutt? Yes, Dino Mutt the Dog Wonder. Is, is that, is that classic scoop or is that, is that a new... I believe he's a fictional character within the world of. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like a TV character. But, uh, oh yeah, there you go. Apparently Zac Efron only got announced on the 23rd of, uh, or 22nd of March. So it did happen yeah, recently. Yeah, but that, that's kind of passes by, isn't it? But, I'm sorry, Zac Efron, you get Zephron as Fred. You got my money, man. God. I wish that was, in the way that I wish that the new animated Adam's family was live action, I wish that was live action. I know. Oh, do you know, I'm a big fan of those, uh, the first movie, the first James Gunn movie. Oh, yeah, James Gunn. But yeah. just for that line, I've been uh, touring with my book, Fred on Fred, The Many Faces of Fred. <laughs> the, yeah. How perfectly cast was Freddie Prince Jr. at amazing. that time, you know? Um, and yeah, Tracy Morgan is going to be Captain Caveman. Yes, that Whoa. is exactly right. I, I, I know. We are spoiled, aren't we? I don't know about you, but I can't top that this week, to be honest. Do you think we're going to do like an animated uh, Flintstones film at some point? Uh, I think Jetsons will happen first because they've been trying to get it done for decades, haven't they? They've been trying to bring the Jetsons back for too long. It would make sense. Well, they were trying to do that as live action. And because, Mm. if you remember, a certain genius got hired as its creative consultant. Zach Snyder. No, uh, Kanye. He is a creative genius. Mm. Yeah. Kanye got hired by Robert Rodriguez to design the Jetsons. Wow. And that nearly happened, and we nearly let it happen. <laughs> so, as a society. As a we, just, society. we just sat by. We sat by and did happened. nothing. This is why we can't have nice things, the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think that'll go animated eventually. I think there will be a whole... They, they want to turn Looney Tunes and Hanna-Barbera back into full-blown cinematic franchises. Because, yeah. don't forget, like that was an interconnected universe way back when. Yeah. So we might as well just do it again, but with more money and big names. Did you ever see Flight of the Spruce Goose? Yeah. Uh, Flight of the Spruce Moose, I think it was. The Hanna-Barbera animated one where they all got on a plane. Yeah. 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 Because that's where the Simpsons thing comes from. Where he's got the plane, where he's Howard Hughes. We'll take the Spruce Moose. (laughs) Hop in. I said hop in. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favourite ever voices. Me me too. It's incredible. (laughs) Such a good episode, that. Gambler. It's a Gambler episode. Oh, God. By the way, there's a Twitter thread this week Mm. by someone who'd forgotten that the Stampy the Elephant episode exists right. and decided to as a Twitter thread go through the entirety of that episode to point out how problematic it is and yeah I'll be honest most of us never forgot wow. that that exists hot take that existed yeah it's like those people that are letting us know about friends yeah. do you know there's no <laughs> black people and friends yeah, yeah. we're aware of that yeah. we're aware that was just network yeah. TV in the other on, yeah, Ross and Joey's girlfriend yeah, yeah, yeah. One time, but to, to be fair, that was eight years in. Yeah, but that is like season nine and season ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she is amazing and lovely, and hosts Who two lines anyway. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's the perfect Lana Kane. So, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's why I've always been attracted to Lana Kane. Um, yeah. Have you got any more pieces of news? No, I am all out to be honest. I've, I've got, got I've got some out, minor. But... Few pieces of news that we could maybe just do. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what do you got, got to finish um, us off? Right, this I really love this. So, Lemuel Miranda, writer mm-hmm. of Hamilton. Um, so, his first musical was not Hamilton. No, it was something called In the Heights. I've heard you of the musical. It? I don't know anything about it other than it was. Uh, uh, was it Latin American? Yeah, really? yeah. That's what, as as is as is Lemuel Miranda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. It's basically about um, a guy uh, that lives in New York. So. Latin American and just about his neighborhood 
essentially. Yeah. And uh, it did really, really well on Broadway. It won loads of Tonys. I can't stuff. imagine that being being popular at all. No. Well, yeah, but this, no. is, this is before he was <laughs> the world that we all know. That just, this, this is the years before Hamilton. Yeah, with his level of ability, though, you just know that would have been awesome. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. it's supposed to be incredible. I've heard some of the songs from it that are really good. But they're finally making it into a film. With yeah. him producing it. And uh, John Chu is going to direct it. John Chu. John M. Chu. John M. Chu John of M. Chu. Crazy Rich Asians fame. Yes, I believe it's going to be his next film. And yeah, um, Anthony Ramos from Hamilton is going to be like the lead guy. And Jimmy Smith is going to be in it, because oh, that's I'm who a, you get. I'm a big fan of uh, Anthony Ramos and Corey Hawkins. Yes. Of course, was Dre, wasn't it? Was Dre, he? yeah. So I feel like that's going to be awesome. It's getting a really ace uh, like what's do, do you think it's possible, though? That they went to as a look. Here is all the money in the world. Please, please let us do the Hamilton film. And he said, "All right, I'll tell you what. I might consider it if you take these off our hands first. Too many people are still going to see it. Mm, yeah, that that film is not going to be made for at least ten years. Well, like, I mean, we're only never seeing little murmurs of the wicked. The film, wicked right? one, yeah. Well, that was well, that was supposed to be Christmas this year, wasn't it? I was going to push back again. <laughs> believe it. It's like Bad Boys Three. I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a Last of the Mohicans TV series. Yeah, from this, uh, Kerry Fukunaga. Mm. Yeah, Did you scary fucking have you. <laughs> exactly. See, <laughs> I can't say it. I'm swearing. By the way, we're now on we're now on podcast extras, which means we can curse. Can Kerry I tell Fukunaga. you my favourite thing in the Hellboy movie? All oh, right, okay. right. There's a fight between Hellboy and the Scouse Pigman. Who, Steve Graham. Who bear in, yeah, has the voice of Steve Graham. And in the middle of the fight, he just picks something up and he goes, fuck off, and just clocks him across the <laughs> face. <laughs> I imagine it just being Stephen Graham from This Is England. Yeah, it <laughs> just really like is. Just like He's like, fuck off. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, and last piece of news, which is not film related, mm. but I think is awesome. So I've not watched Titans. Yeah. Have you watched Titans? Uh, I have. We actually talked about this. This broke just before. Oh, we so you, you spoke about it last week. We did speak about it, but I want to hear your take on it. Go on. Yeah. So down. Yeah. So they cast uh, Bruce Wayne for Titans. Yeah. And he is Sajora Mormon. Yeah. He is Ian of Glenn. Who's 58 Ian years old, I didn't realise. Yeah, he is. But, and I yeah. always forget he's Scottish. But yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing. Irish. I forget that. Yeah. It's odd. Um, yeah. That is ace. I am, I am so in for that. I have all the time in the world. That, for that. that is the old Bruce Wayne that I want. Yeah. He looks like a dude who could kill you. And yeah. That's, that's kind of why I want But I, I feel like we've already, through watching Game of Thrones, we've already seen his training. So no. we've seen him yeah. go off. <laughs> <laughs> no grayscale, no grayscale for him anymore. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, so that that is great news. I uh, I will watch Titans just for that. Before we go, then I just want to say, uh, per your recommendation, hmm. uh, in fact, I just just real quickly, per our mutual friend Meekin's uh, recommendation, I finally watched uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the American spin-off TV series. I've not watched it yet. So um, is, it, is it great? It's tremendous. It is of the exact quality, style, and tone of the movie. It's even got the song Ace. from the movie as its theme song. Ace uh, Beanie Feldman is quite a big part of it, which I didn't realise. Uh, uh, John Hill's sister. Hill's sister. Yeah. And Matt Berry, who I always just, I'm over the moon to see, is yeah. tremendous in it. I was so happy when he was announced for it. Oh, um, yeah. The fact that Kevin Novak is like the lead in an American show. Yes. What a world. It is weird, though. The three leads are Kyvan Novak, Matt Berry, and uh, an actress whose name I forget, but they are all British comedians. Yeah. And it's it's just tremendous. It, it just it works. Really works. Yeah. I think I will watch that today. I've been I've not been putting it off, but, yeah, I've just been, like, 
distracted by other things. And per your recommendation, meanwhile, I watched the first three episodes of the second series of Barry, starring uh, our boy, Mr. Bill Hader. And, and it's just as good as the first season. So great. Just so great. Honestly, he's brilliant in it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's it for me then this week. Uh, me too. Okay, then, in which case, here it is. Your moment of cage. The first time I met a personal idol, I was... Uh... I had seen Saturday Night Fever. I think I was still in elementary school. I saw the picture, and like I felt with Bruce Lee when I saw Enter the Dragon, when I saw Travolta dance in that movie, I was I left electrified, and I, I just wanted... I was all d- during the disco craze, and I kind of wanted to be him, you know? And I was going to Horace Mann Elementary School in, in Beverly Hills, and there was a tropical fish store across the street, and I loved aquariums and fish, and... I always remember that image of John with the two paint cans walking down the street. And I got two buckets of water so I could get my fish home. And I had a wife beater t-shirt on. And there was a a red light. I was crossing the street. Here comes John Travolta in a 250 SL Mercedes Benz, the the little one, in a blue tracksuit with a white stripe. And my head, I'm him. I'm, I'm, I'm Tony from Saturday Night Fever, and then there's John. And he's staring at me, and I'm staring at him. And there was like eye contact, eye contact, eye contact. And then I walked across the street. And then later we were in face-off, so it's kind of trippy. <laughs>